We know quarterback play is going to be a big thing for the Miami Hurricanes this season. Can Tyler Van Dyke return to 2021 form? What's TVD's ceiling in this new offense? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today to the everydayers. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So busy football offseason is ramping up and we do have Canes baseball getting the Coral Gables regional started tonight. So no one better to talk about all of this with than the voice himself, Joe Zagaki. Joe, how are you? I'm good, Alex. You made me disappear there for a moment. You're a Houdini. <laughs> I'm not very good with the technical stuff is why I managed to pull that Houdini on you. But we got so much to get to with the voice. And, and Joe, you know, thinking a, a lot about Tyler Van Dyke these last couple of days and the investment that Miami has made to try to make his life easier on the field in 2023 than it was in 2022. Miami's trying to do right by TVD this year. They've upgraded the offensive line. They've upgraded his weapons, both at wide receiver and running back. They got a new offensive coordinator who's also the quarterback's coach who runs a very friendly quarterback offense from what I've heard. So what do you think Tyler Van Dyke's ceiling can be in 2023 if he can stay healthy and protected? No, I think he can return to where, to where he was two years ago. One of the things that I saw in spring football, and I picked up spring football late, so I think that was it was good, maybe a little bit better for me because uh, he had more time in the, in the system. But what I noticed about Van Dyke in spring is that he was decisive. And I thought a couple of years ago with Red Lashley, he was decisive with where he wanted to go with the ball. Last year, I didn't feel that way. And in the spring, I felt like he was more in tune with the offense, but being back to um, having a conviction on where he was going to go in this offense. And I think Van Dyke is a kind of quarterback that has to have uh, uh, be put in a situation where he can be in a rhythm. And uh, this offense is going to allow him to, to either go fast or slow it down. And last year, they just seemed to want to slow it down and, you know, run a play, huddle, come to the line of scrimmage, run the ball, run the ball, put him in a uh, – now it's third down, and, you know, a lot of times might be a negative plays. Oh, Tyler, go make a play. Not a lot of protection. Just wasn't uh, an offense where he was put in a position where he could be decisive with, with his decision-making. This one, with things spread out, uh, more receivers, more options, I think you're going to see a different Van Dyke. And I think also for Shannon Dawson – What's going to be important is, you know, you, you got to be flexible with who you're coaching and you got to know who you are coaching. Every guy is different. And I just go back to Van Dyke, to me, is a quarterback that if he misses on a couple of throws, you have to know what the end is going to be. You, gotta, you know, Coach L says you start with trying to know what the end is, right? Well, the end for Van Dyke is going to be the end zone. The end is going to be, he's going to be able to do things in bunches. 
but sometimes it's going to hit uh, a, a speed bump. His, his accuracy is going to be off. Well, then it's incumbent on whoever's calling the plays to get him back to a position where he's accurate again. And you got a lot of weapons, so it doesn't always require throwing the ball deep down the field, hitting those low percentage plays, get him in a rhythm, let him get going, and then everything else is going to open up. And I think that's um, something we'll see with Shannon Dawson alongside with a lot of deep balls. Yeah, and on those deep balls, Joe, I thought Colby Young had a really encouraging spring, and he's dropped some weight and really transformed his body. I thought Jacoby George had a good spring and a good spring game. And, you know, they've added some serious speed with Tyler Harrell in the transfer portal. And I like Shamar Kirk, who they've added as well. So uh, on these boundary wide receivers, do you expect to see a pretty healthy competition for for uh, two starting jobs on the outside? I sure hope so. I, I hope they're doing it right now. Whoever's yeah. there, I hope they're in that indoor facility throwing the ball. That's the only way you're going to get better. You just can't you, you just can't get better by going, oh, we did it in practice. You got to do this on your own. You got to do it now. You got to do it in June and July. You know when you start winning football games, June and July, because then in October you can go back to June and July. So whoever Van Dyke has with them there, they're going to be throwing and catching right now. And when practice is over, you got to throw and catch some more. Um, and he, it, all this stuff requires a lot of rhythm, a lot of chemistry, and he's got it with Restrepo. I saw that in practice one day. He threw the ball to Restrepo like ten straight times. Well, eventually, teams are going to try to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, Colby Young gives them a gigantic throwing range. Uh, maybe he, he can be what Charleston Rambo was for Van Dyke a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I do think that um, with Rambo, Van Dyke knew he could just throw the ball in the area and Rambo would go make a play. Much like when Ken Dorsey had Reggie Wayne. He would throw it in the end zone, and Reggie Wayne would go and get it. Not every pass has to be perfect. Your receivers got to go get it. Colby Young seems to be the kind of guy that wants to go get it. Restrepo, what I love about him is he's always diving. If that ball is not close, he's going to dive for it and try to make a play. You can't always put everything on the hands of the receiver. And when it's there, you got to make the play. But sometimes – the receiver's got to make his quarterback look good. And some of that comes down to, I think, you know, working in the offseason. These other guys they brought in, um, I hope they can incorporate them. I hope they were able to stretch the defense and give Miami some quick scores. Jacoby George, I'm very excited about what he was able to do in the spring. Um, I look back at, you know, Jacoby's freshman year. At the, the last game was against Duke. And he made these sensational plays. And then last year, what, what happened? We couldn't, you know, when, when I see a player have that kind of season, I just really want to say, what happened? You know, I, I just always put it on the player. Everyone wants to put it on the coach. But players got to, you got to go up. Always try to find, your, find a way to accelerate. And I don't know, sometimes guys just seem to get satisfied with where they are. Maybe uh, uh, Jacoby needed a, um, along with Brashard Smith, some kind of attitude adjustment. I don't know, but both seem to have a world of talent. I want to see it on the field. And I keep hearing how great our local receivers are. And I keep waiting. 
So let's see it. Uh, and so there'll be no better time than right now. There are some X factors in the running back room in terms of certain players needing to get and stay healthy and also a couple of incoming true freshmen, how much of an impact can they make? But a guy I wanted to focus on, Joe, because he's a huge X factor if he can put it together this year, is Don Chaney. Uh, because Hurricanes fans haven't really seen him run since 2020 because he had you know the injury, I think, second game of the season in 2021. And then in 2022, he was injured all year last year from a preseason injury. And Chaney, I thought, had a really good spring. So we just knock on wood that he stays healthy this year. But what can Don Chaney add to the table this season? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on that. So let's talk about Don Chaney first. And I agree yeah. with you. I think he could be the X factor. And I go back to one game that Don Chaney had. It was the bowl game against Oklahoma State, the bowl game in Orlando, which I don't even know what it's called anymore. The Pop-Tart Bowl. bowl. Uh, <laughs> it was the Frosted Flakes Bowl, uh, the Dick Sporting Goods Bowl. It's been, right. been so many different things. So the bowl game in Orlando against Oklahoma State, Don Chaney ran the ball really effective, and he caught the ball out of the backfield. He had great hands. And if we, uh, I think he combined for that night total offense somewhere around 100 yards. He could probably give Miami on good days uh, total offense of over 100 yards a game, I would think, uh, catching and receiving. Uh, and so I do think he's got the power and the speed uh, to be that kind of special player for Miami. On the other hand, he's hurt all the time. Now, this is a guy that was the leading rusher in Dade County. Maybe um, one of the all-time leading rushers in the history of Dade County. We can't get him on the field. So, bad luck or injury prone? I don't know which one it is. I'll go benefit of the doubt and say bad luck. He's got to find a way to stay on the field. And maybe... I don't know when you're injury prone like that um, or have bad luck like that. Sometimes you just got to find another way to take care of your body a little bit more, work harder, whatever the solution is. That being said, Dono, is the University of Miami cursing the backfield? Can you name me a season? I don't know how far back you have to go where they have not, where they haven't had a running back hurt. Oh my God. I, mean, I, I go don't know. Duke Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, you might have go to. back Duke Johnson sophomore year. He was hurt, right? Broke his ankle against Florida State. Mark Walton got hurt. Uh, what was it, his shoulder, knee, whatever? I think that was a Florida State game. Um, DJ Dallas got hurt. Uh, Travis Homer got hurt. Have they been able to get through a season in the last? 10 or 12 years with a healthy backfield. Last year, hell, we didn't even get out of training camp without yeah. guys getting hurt. Everybody goes back to, oh, Miami had you know Clinton Portis, James Jackson, I.J. Davenport, all these great running backs. And I said, well, hell, we can't keep anybody healthy. <laughs> and when we do, it's been a revolving door. They leave. And there was a time where the backfield should have been some combination of Duke Johnson, Gus Edwards, Mark Walton and um, Joe Yearby. Yes, that's right. right. So we had a combination of injuries 
and guys leaving the program early. And I think when Duke Johnson left, Mark Walt was coming in. Walt was a high recruit. And this kind of has been, I think, the epitome of what's been wrong with Miami. Johnson leaves as a junior. Mark Walton comes in as a freshman. And the perception was, okay, we lost Duke, but we got this guy, Mark Walton from Booker City. He, you know, he was a four or five star player. Okay. But Duke Johnson was 21 years old with like three games of experience minus give or take is the injuries. Mark Walton was a 19 year old freshman. You can't have that. You, you have to have older players and uh, when you're losing guys, you re- replace them with equal value, not by the star system equal value, by production equal value, by age equal value. We have not had that, especially in the backfield. So I'm excited to see Don Chaney. I hope he gets through training camp and has a very productive season. He's a great kid, comes from a, a wonderful family, the son of a coach. So he's got all the ingredients except we got to keep him on the field. And then you, you, know, you bring in this kid from Nebraska who, by all accounts, has a lot of talent but also missed most of the last season. Ultimately, if I was the general manager, which you have to be now in college football, and I'm filling yeah. out my roster, um, durability. How many games am I going to get? I don't want guys sitting out. Got to find a way to play, stay healthy and find. And when you get bumps and bruises, I don't mean to be like a Neanderthal. You got to find a way to play. <laughs> That's the name of the game. How many? How many? How how often can you line up and play? And we didn't have it in the backfield last year. You go back to Van Dyke. I mean, he's injured. No fault of his own. I mean, he got demolished because yeah. there was no offensive line in front of him. We played without a quarterback last year. Yeah. for the second half of the season. What, what do they say? Hope is not a plan, right? So last year, most of the season, second half of the season, our quarterback's name was Hope. We hope Jake Garcia. Yeah. Right? We, we hope the third-string quarterback can provide. No. We hope Tyler's healthy. No. Hope has never been a good plan. Same in the backfield. Really, really good stuff here we're getting from Joe Zagacki, and we're only getting started here on Locked on Canes. Coral Gables Regional this weekend. Your Miami Hurricanes taking on Maine tonight. You got Texas and Louisiana in this regional as well. We're going to talk some Canes baseball with Joe Zagacki. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And, guys, I hope you've been keeping it locked to our friends at FanDuel. I mean, my goodness, uh, I, I know last night was tough for the Miami Heat fans, but you've been making good money throughout this playoff run for the Florida Panthers and for the Miami Heat. And you can make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA finals because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They've got great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the finals action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers, uh, we are going to talk more football and baseball tomorrow. Chalupa, Batman, and Hoodie Girl will be joining us. I feel like it's, a, it's like a comic book or something. Chalupa, Batman, and Hoodie Girl will be on with us tomorrow. We're joined by the voice of the Miami Hurricanes, Josie Gacky, today. And Josie, I know you're getting ready to call some baseball tonight at the light. Coral Gables Regional, Miami is the number nine national seed. Uh, they love to hit bombs out of the park, and so does their opponent tonight, Joe Maine. They just hit uh, 83 home runs this season, a program record for them. Uh, what can you tell us about tonight's game and what Miami with Gage Zeal on the hill needs to do to get it done? Hurricanes have been great at home this season, and part of it is you never know what your, your identity of your team is going to be. They've turned out to be a home run hitting team, and I don't know, Alex, if it's the fact that they are true power hitters or if the ball's just flying out of Marclay Stadium. But it's been flying out all year. By the way, home runs in college baseball are up uh, by an enormous amount. Uh, college baseball last year was averaging, I think, 1.5 home runs per game. This year it's up to 2.5. At one wow. point during the season, there were 1,500 more home runs hit than last year uh, compared to last year. So um, I don't know. College baseball is one of the, the, the uh, few sports where they're always messing around with the equipment or the pitching in college baseball just hasn't been up to par. But for the University of Miami, they just got to – they have to play uh, – they got to do a couple of things to win this regional. One, they rely on the home run ball. They can't get away from that. So – you're going to need home runs. Morales, Blake Sear, uh, Levinson, middle of that lineup, Perez at the bottom. They're home run hitters, so they're going to have to deliver. Secondly, Miami's been a very good defensive team, really good. A lot of options for them defensively. Uh, Patelli at shortstop, one of the best uh, shortstops in college baseball. Morales does a really good job with the glove at third. C.J. Cavis. Tremendous player around the bag at first base. Excellent bat. One of the best hitters Miami's ever had. My concern about them defensively, they're very good in the outfield. Only concern I have with them defensively is they have to play Blake Sear at second base. He can't turn a double play. He's, and he's almost like Chuck Knobloch at second base. On ground balls, routine ground balls, he just guides the ball to first base. Now he's in the lineup because he hits home runs and he hits the ball off the wall. But if they need to turn a double play in a critical situation, it's, uh, it's dicey with him. That being said, he's worked hard to try to improve his defense, but um, he's in the lineup for his offense. So they're going to have to hit home runs. They're going to play, continue to play really good defense, make the routine plays, which in college baseball, a lot of, pe a lot of people don't do it. Ron Frazier used to say, you know the thing in college baseball, guys can't throw the ball from point A to point B. It's college baseball, not the, not the pros. It's hard for those kids. Miami's very good at throwing the ball, going from point A to point B, and then pitching. They don't have any starting pitching other than Gage Zeal. After that, it's all up in the air. But they got a lot of arms. So it's going to take – it's going to really require uh, Gino and J.D., Gino Demar and J.D., to kind of manage the pitching. But somebody on that staff, other than Walters, who's going to be the closeout guy, somebody in critical situations has got to get big outs. String together, you know, in, in basketball, 
what's the key? You've got to get multiple stops, right? Right. defensively well for mighty in baseball this weekend they got to get multiple innings multiple shutdown innings from somebody and you know Lincoln's probably going to start a game Rosario's got great stuff but when men are on base he kind of caves in he's got to be tougher they've got to find innings where they can shut the opponent down whoever that comes from Schlesinger um, Rosario Ligon Lecarica, they've got plenty of arms, but they've got to string it together. So they got a, a power hitting Maine tonight as the opponent and the other teams in the region, Joe. Texas Longhorns, Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. How do you look at that field and, and how good of a shot do you, and obviously Miami should get through the region. Uh, we don't want last year to repeat itself. So how, how do you view kind of the whole tapestry of this Coral Gables region? This is a great regional, by the way. It's one of the best yeah. regionals in the country. Look at the history. By the way, for those that don't know, Maine used to come to Miami all the time. Miami played Maine in the World Series. Maine went to the World Series seven times. Maine used to come here all the time. I think Miami's played Maine at home like 50 times. Um, it's been a long rivalry between Miami and Maine. Uh, Texas and Miami have combined to go to the World Series 70-some times. Miami and Texas had a long history. Louisiana went to the World Series. Louisiana and Texas have played each other a lot. Share same recruiting ground. Texas, very good starting pitching, not a very good bullpen. Really good players. Very good program. I mean, you're, you're talking, if you say in the history of college baseball, who are the top five programs? It's probably Miami and Texas. Maybe I'll stretch that. Top ten. But you're not, you're not getting past 10 schools when you talk about college baseball without mentioning Miami and Texas, right? So they're in the same region. It's going to be unbelievable. Hopefully the weather cooperates. And Louisiana won 40, 40 games, 42 games. You don't win 40 games in college baseball without believing you're going to win, without having good players, without playing good baseball. They play really damn good baseball in that area of the country. This is not a cakewalk for Miami. I know everybody, you know, goes back to the old days when Miami kind of ran through these regionals. That's not the case anymore. It's hard to get through this stuff. Furthermore, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what it takes to try to make people understand this, but Miami baseball is always operating at a deficit. It's not a full scholarship sport. They have eleven scholarships for 30 players. They've got to manipulate the money to make it to stretch it out. And in some cases, maybe not as much now as before, there might be a little more financial aid available, but in many cases, kids are paying more than they are receiving. That's a pretty tough sell in today's college world when the first thing guys are asking is, how much money do I get? They are salary cap team. You want to follow the voice of the Miami Hurricanes at Kane's Voice on Twitter and listen to Joe's calls all throughout the weekend. Joe Z, thank you so much, my friend. And, you know, ho hopefully Miami makes a deep college World Series run. Then you can enjoy whatever's left of the summer after that. All right, Alex. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great stuff there for the voice of the Miami Hurricanes, Joe Zagaki. When we come back, say it ain't so. A player I really liked is back in the transfer portal right after arriving at Miami. Keep it locked right here 
to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube and for the everydayers. If you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, join our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. You get SMS texts directly from me, right from my phone to yours. I give you guys show previews, breaking news alerts, recruiting updates, Q&As. You can talk with me one-on-one on there. Uh, If you want to try it completely free for the first 14 days, you can do so and then opt in at the end of the trial for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. And remember, we don't ask for donations. We don't ask for anybody's, uh, you know, to send us Venmo or anything like that. So we like to give you added value through subtext. You can click the link in the show description below. So, um, man, Terry Roberts Jr. had just arrived in Miami in the transfer portal, the cornerback from Iowa. And uh, he came to the decision, uh, I, I think it happened earlier this week, but it became official yesterday that Terry Roberts, who's a graduate transfer, that's how he's able to come and go a little bit more freely than undergraduates. The rules don't uh, are not as stringent on grad transfers. He is back in the transfer portal. And, man, it's, uh, it's disappointing because I got to know Terry and the family. Terry Sr., who we still love, is a great uh, listener of our program, and I know that they were very excited and very gung-ho about Miami. But, uh, you know, he and the family have come to the decision that, I think this is uh, he decided the best thing for his football career and obviously Miami very deep at cornerback. Uh, so Terry um, and I don't know for sure what this is related to, how much of this has to do with expected playing time and all that. But, you know, I, I think he'll probably find somewhere with more of a clear path to start. And I, I spoke to his dad on the phone a little bit yesterday, who's just such a nice dude. And I, I said it to him, I'm, I'm praying for, for Terry and his family to find the best possible landing spot for him because he's got one more season to play. He's got one more year of eligibility. He wants to maximize that to try to get to the NFL. So happy trails to Terry Roberts and best of luck wherever you end up, sir. And that probably explains why I'm sure Miami has known about this for at least the past several days before we all found out yesterday. That would explain why one of the official visitors this weekend at the U is a Juco cornerback, Demetrius Freeney from the College of San Mateo in California, six foot one, 185. He is visiting the U this weekend, so it seems like if Miami is going to try to land him, he'll probably be taking the spot that Mr. Roberts is is vacating now by hitting the transfer portal. So Demetrius Freeney will be visiting Miami this weekend along with Rogers, Minnesota, three-star edge rusher Wyatt Gilmore, four-star linebacker out of Cornelius, North Carolina, James Nesta, who I know the staff really likes, Tank Hawkins, four-star wide receiver out of IMG Academy. Uh, Miami likes him. I think that goes without saying. Uh, Four-star wide receiver, Draylon Miller, who uh, I think Miami is trending very positively for. And four-star defensive lineman, Kamarian Franklin. Kamarian Franklin, I think is the way to say that properly, is visiting. He's out of Cormorant, Mississippi. So it's a nice official visit weekend coming up for the U. Something else that folks have been talking about. Uh, since yesterday is this has big academic ramifications for the University of Miami and it could also be a clue about Miami's future athletics conference the Hurricanes Miami have been granted AAU membership Uh, six new schools including the U 
join uh, a previous group of 65 schools with this very exclusive AAU Research University designation. Now, what does that have to do with athletics, you might ask? Well, a, a prerequisite for joining the Big Ten is all of their member uh, institutions to get into that conference have to be AAU members. The only school in that conference that's not is Nebraska because they lost it later. But when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, they were an AAU university. Uh, you have to be AAU in order to be granted entry into the Big Ten. So it's definitely a clue, folks. It's definitely a clue from an athletic side that Miami wants to keep their options open. And from a Big Ten standpoint, I've done a lot of research on this. And there is a thinking that the Big Ten could still be looking for four more teams to expand. Even after adding USC and UCLA, they are looking to expand possibly four more teams in an area of the country they're very interested in, according to a recent ESPN report, is Florida, specifically the South Florida media market, which is a top 20 market in America. So that's good for their TV partners, Fox, NBC, uh, you know, it's good for them to have that South Florida presence because it's bigger than a lot of those Midwestern markets that they capture up there, you know, like the, the Minnesotas and the Iowas of the world. Having that South Florida TV market would be a big boon for them. So don't rule it out. Now, with the AAU thing, it's not necessarily a smoking gun that this means, oh, Miami's about to join the Big Ten tomorrow. Uh, we know getting out of the ACC and that grant of rights agreement will not be easy. Uh, it's basically going to take eight of the 14 ACC teams to vote out to dissolve the conference, which means they all need to have a landing spot. And being an AAU member, I'm not going to be so arrogant to think that this is all about sports when... Being a member of AAU and having that elite academic designation as a research institution, that's huge for Miami uh, as an institution. When you talk about attracting the best possible professors, when you talk about attracting a more exclusive group of students who will be applying for the university, having AAU uh, status is definitely bigger for academics than it ever could be for athletics, but this could be a sign that maybe the Big Ten could be in Miami's future. So, guys, been an awesome show today. We will do it again tomorrow with Hoodie Girl and Chalupa Batman. That's going to be an awesome episode. Uh, we're going to have an episode Sunday as well and talk more about conference alignment and realignment. So you want to keep it locked all weekend long to Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.